Sevika. Hi. Hi. Hello, what's up? How are you guys doing? It's, um, extremely cold. So many layers of clothing. It's, yeah, same. Uh, I'm in Bangalore as well, and this is quite weird for me yeah. coming from Kerala. So. <laughs> Morning to the worst. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I am Devika. I am a civil engineer from NITK. I passed out in the batch of 2019, and that's where I know Shantanu from. We were in the same batch. Uh, I currently work as a software analyst at uh, City Corp Pune, and um, I think for the scope of the discussion that we are going to have, I think it's kind of important to mention that I switched to a plant-based diet around 10 months ago. I hope this doesn't become like one of those jokes wherein people are like, how do you know if there's a vegan in the room? They'll tell you something of that sort because I'm just mentioning it. I'm just putting it out there. But yeah, that's about it about me. So we actually started interacting way more when I found out that you were actually in a plant-based diet. So yeah. I guess foundation to our newfound friendship, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so just like tell us about like how, so were you raised a vegetarian or a vegan? Or, or oh, no. oh no, I think just saying that I'm a vegan Malu is like an oxymoron in itself. People are going to oh, laugh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up eating everything. Like my grandfather had this kind of phrase that went around the family that you can eat anything that doesn't eat you back. And <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why that was something. Yeah, I know. I don't I don't know why that was something to boast about growing up, but it was for me. I was one of those obnoxious kind of dedicated non-vegetarians who tell you things like, you know, paneer samaj ke kaja and like um I don't know, like yeah. my food eats your food, blah blah. So I was that kind of person till like around 10 months ago. Um, so I actually had to undergo a surgery for my knee, for my ligament reconstruction. So around that time, I had a lot of time on my hands, which is around the time in which the pandemic and the lockdown and all started as well. So I had a time, I had a lot of time to do a lot of reading. Um, I watched a lot of shows. I think you can guess which ones. Um, and yeah, I just didn't, it just, it just didn't make sense for me anymore. I realized that I'm not as obsessed with food as I thought it was. I started thinking of it more of as sustenance rather than anything else. And it just simply didn't justify my choices for me. And yeah, that's that's how I decided to quit and somehow switch to a plant-based diet. So yeah. So was it a documentary or was it just like the nutrition part of it or the environmental reasons? Yeah. So um, I think a mixture of everything, but I think what really like tipped me off the scales was the environmental aspect of it. Um, I don't know if it's because of my civil engineering background. We've done a lot of reading on environmentalism and everything. Uh, but also in general, it just like if you just look at it from a logical standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. The amount of resources we're pouring into, you know, uh, raising animals and then eating them instead of completely taking out the middleman and consuming mm. uh, plants as such. And uh, as well as many of the other host of issues posed by our current system of food, um, apart from environmental degradation, like public health issues or uh, land and water shortage. And there's just so many that it just simply didn't make sense at the end of the day. So I would call myself an environmental vegan, but the more I started reading about the ethical side of things and the health side of things, it just overall made sense to me. Hmm. 
So um, how did your transition happen, basically? Like, how, how do you map your transition from how you were uh, to how you are now? So um, I quit kind of cold turkey overnight because um, I, I actually read about it quite a bit. I was like, is it better for me to slowly phase out, you know, certain parts of my diet and then adopt it or should I quit cold turkey? And for me, it made sense to quit cold turkey because I always thought that this might be a phase, to be very honest. I thought, is this, is this me, you know, recovering from an injury? I was bedridden. So is this just me going through a thing? Is it a mental health thing? So I wasn't sure. So I wanted to quit cold turkey and see how it goes. And uh, one of the instant things that I noticed health-wise was that I wasn't constantly thinking about food, which is something that I did. I would live meal to meal, just thinking about my next meal. And I feel like I had a very unhealthy relationship with food in that respect. So that kind of helped like almost immediately. Um, other than that, like just knowing the kind of impact that you can make on a personal level, like I've always grown up thinking that I can't really make a change that would affect, you know, to that degree, to that scale. And I read somewhere that on a personal note, on an individual note, the best thing that you can do is change your diet for the environment. And uh, that just made me feel a lot better personally, to be very honest. Uh, and in terms of, yeah, so the, in terms of the transition, I think, um, like, over the, I think the only thing that's kind of kept me like hard and fast on my resolve is just reading up more, educating myself. Um, the, like every day you come across a new fact and some of them are for veganism, some of them are against, but you, all you have to do is learn each day, you know, just, just to take what helps you and don't take the others that don't. And that's how it's been so far. Mm. That that's very interesting, you know, and the fact that this was something that you could sustain, and your how your relationship with food itself changed with time. Uh, it's very, I think, it's something for all of us to reflect on how we mm -hmm. relate to food, because mm -hmm. me personally, I have noticed over time that uh, a lot of times for me, uh, I am a person who really, really plans my meals, so mm -hmm. I always look forward to my next meal, and uh, I'm always sort of. Uh, I also find myself going back to a lot of these junk foods, a lot of, you know, cakes and deserts and stuff whenever I'm stressed. And mm -hmm. what I've also particularly noticed, in fact, you know, this was something that I noticed in the morning today. Like, this was a kind of a realization I had in the morning uh, while I was thinking of what do I order, like what groceries do I order today, that uh, I tend to go to meat when I'm feeling very angry or exhausted or I'm very like upset. And mm -hmm. it's sort of like a, it's something I really started like noticing about myself. And what I also noticed and what also I I'm really trying hard to go vegetarian, if not vegan, because it's been, uh, I'm from a, I'm from Bengal and like meat, fish, everything is like a huge part of our diet. And <laughs> I am brought up with that, you know, that culture yeah. and all that. So anyway, that's not an excuse. But recently I have noticed the impact of how I feel after having like a mm -hmm. vegan or a vegetarian meal. It makes me feel so much lighter. It makes me feel mm -hmm. so much uh at peace with myself I would say and it's like my heart rate is not too fast and I'm feeling energetic I'm not feeling mm -hmm. like drowsy so it mm -hmm. actually has a lot of health impacts as well is what I feel yeah and uh, you know what I want to understand from you is how have you been able to sustain this 
over the months mm-hmm. over the past weeks months and um, have you had relapses where you went back to meet so how did you go with that very fair question so i think um, something that's really helped me like circumstantially is the fact that we were in a lockdown <laughs> and i didn't have a lot of social situations where i'd have to be a pain and be like mm-hmm. oh no i'm vegan i can't eat this so until very yeah. recently when i shifted to bangalore and things were starting to open up and i'm starting to go out so that really helped in the initial months if i'm being very honest because i hate to be that fussy person at the table who has to specifically call the waiter and tell them no ghee no butter no milk you know it's just it's just very annoying for mm-hmm. everyone and it instantly starts a debate which i don't always yeah. want to have when i'm going out just to chill Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like I I'm more than happy to like you know clear my stance or talk about why I changed, but when it's immediately met with that sort of, you know, resistance, I'd rather just chill out. Like I'm very I hate conflict just on a personal note. So yeah. so yeah, what really helped me in the initial months was the fact that we were in a lockdown and I was doing most of my own cooking. And cooking is something I've always enjoyed and uh, to be honest, what I've realized is a uh, plant-based diet for me has been um less eliminist as people think it is rather than me cutting out certain things i have included so many things in my diet which i normally would not have when i would just reach for like ordering a chicken breast i'm now thinking of making a bean patty and what would i put in that what what would i flavor it with how can i add the most protein into that like i'm thinking about what goes into my food and what's good for me a lot more which has really helped me Hmm. um so yeah like if you are thinking of transitioning into a plant based diet i would say just start thinking about what's in your food more than anything where it's sourced i know it can be tedious but it's like for someone who's curious it's it's very fascinating like food as a concept is just so much so fascinating and plant based food is just the variety is endless so that's something that's helped me as well just constantly reading and seeing how i can recreate certain things and um you know like trying to get mm. my family involved in the process as well because i know that every day i don't rely on them to make me a plant based substitute i would do it myself like if there's a a palak paneer day then i would make a palak tofu and show them that it's not very different from their palak paneer so mm. um that's just how i've been you know uh, helping myself stay on track and at least when i moved to bangalore the options are quite good like even when you order out or you go out mm. like there are places with significant vegan options and not just like your aloo patty french fries like onion rings like real <laughs> <Cabin. laughs> yeah cabbage yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah like serious options out there so i think it's becoming easier and easier mm-hmm. for people to not just like i wouldn't say that you have to turn vegan but just an option for you to reach out for a plant based substitute when you would otherwise just order yourself a chicken tikka you know that that's all i think at the end of the day you just need to try and be open to the idea of trying new things and yeah that's about mm-hmm. it yeah mm mm-hmm. so you know uh, uh sorry i i'm just uh, going to put this out there mm-hmm. i've been thinking a lot about you know what makes people so resistant to go vegan and mm-hmm. what are like the actual barriers that exist to people transitioning even if there's like this need or this feeling that you know i should go vegan or i want to go mm-hmm. vegan but what do you think are you know some of the barriers that exist at least in india yeah. Yeah. so i think there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to veganism and eating plant based food 
um because food is so much more than just eating right it's a part of a culture it's part of what we've grown up with what we've always known so we kind of tend to think of food as not something you choose but something that we just do so we yeah. kind of justify to ourselves that it's not an ideology i'm just doing what everyone else is doing and um there's also a misconception that vegan food is very expensive but that's mm. only if you try to substitute everything that you used to eat as a non vegan uh if you try to you know buy all those expensive vegan cheeses and i know i'm someone who tries them out just to see how it is and then tries to recreate it on my own and i think that really helps but on an everyday basis mm-hmm. i think most people do eat quite vegan you eat dal chawal every day like it's i don't know it i don't think it's very different like whenever i talk to someone and it's like okay i turn vegan and they're like oh i have never eaten vegan and i'm like no you too you eat vegan every day you eat chapati you eat dal it's it's all vegan it's not very different so i think that's one of the first things that you think it's very elitist or it's um, i i have yes. to agree that, um lot of it is propagated by vegans themselves i'm going to be very honest like the whole virtuous you know a holier than thou attitude kind of comes across mm. kind of preachily which i think mm. we're kind of guilty for i i think it's because it's not a fad diet right it's not it's not like a keto diet or something it's a conscious choice not to eat animal products so when you take on that kind of a change in your life you feel like you have to take a view in which you tell other people about it because it creates so much good right but it often comes across mm. very creepy and it's a it's a very fine line and i'm pretty sure i'm guilty of it myself so that's another thing like i yeah. i completely understand the animosity it's like someone is constantly talking about what they're eating and how i should change how i'm eating then yeah i'm not going to like them and i'm not going to try and become like them so that's another thing um mm. apart from that i yeah. i feel like a, yeah go ahead shanti you you uh, have like a bunch of this, considering your plant based as well so oh yeah yeah so um i so the whole i I'd always considered going uh, plant-based for a long time because I was raised vegetarian uh, by my parents, and uh, so uh, I'm a, a quote-unquote Tam Ram, so curd rice is a huge thing. But Dad was shocked. The first, uh, the, the first thing my dad told me, or asked me, I told him that I'm going vegan. He's like, oh, but curd rice? What are you going to do for curd rice? So, like, yeah, that's <laughs> not, <laughs> so, <laughs> not part of my daily routine. Um, but i feel like the main challenge so when people say veganism is restrictive i feel like the main thing they're referring to is restaurants and hanging out with uh, friends because restaurants mm-hmm. tend to yeah. um cook things which sell the most right so yeah, it's yeah. pretty basic uh, demand supply so mm-hmm. uh restaurants tend to have a lot of uh, milk based or meat based products so mm-hmm. that's when so the mm-hmm. the social situation was most challenging for me beginning so so mm-hmm. i started I, i think it was in feb so that was like mm-hmm. a month yeah. before the lockdown so i didn't yeah. have my sort of social oh. uh, situations and that yeah. day, i got a little uncomfortable so i i wasn't sure how to navigate that and especially with mm-hmm. my family or like heavy curd uh-huh. um, <laughs> milk just so that was a challenge but uh, uh-huh. you know it's um what got me through it and also so before that i wasn't mm-hmm. much of a cook i would either order or i would eat mm-hmm. it, i needed the work canteen So, but after lockdown, work at home, and then I, I was like, okay, you know what? If I'm not getting plant-based food, I'm just gonna have to learn to cook on my own, you mm-hmm. know. So, 
I was just like, all right, so um, take some vegetables, saute them. That was step one. <laughs> and then peanut butter and bread. Uh, uh, I had the peanut butter bread. The classic. Sort of <laughs> yeah, the classic and the French fries and all mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this isn't happening. This is counterproductive. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I need to push myself, start cooking. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I start cooking a lot. I, I make a lot of these shanty bowls, which is basically all a lot of vegetables in one bowl with mm-hmm. whatever random sauces and, <laughs> and quinoa. I also switch to quinoa with yeah. some rice, which yeah. is amazing. Mm-hmm. So that was my journey. It was very rocky, and of course the pandemic helped. But mm-hmm. um, again, so the, the whole the whole misconception of veganism being restrictive is just false. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. it it makes sense in the context of social situations and hanging out mm-hmm. with people. Uh, mm-hmm. But not when you're cooking for yourself, which is what people generally do, and it actually exposes you to a whole bunch of different tastes and flavors and, and things that I've never tried. I've never used tofu and, uh, and all that. Yeah. I like a meal with paneer and cheese, so it's it's just it's just something that I guess once you get over that barrier to to trying it, it could be mm-hmm. a very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, you no, know, my question i wouldn't say question the thought that i mm-hmm. want to put out for both of you here is uh, mm-hmm. about i've heard a lot of people you know come and tell me things like uh, you do not get all your nutrients from plant based foods or you really have mm-hmm. to work very hard to get all the nutrients because mm-hmm. when you look when you have like meat it has a lot of these a uh, lot of this i don't know minerals acids fatty mm-hmm. acids and stuff omega 3 fish has omega 3 and all that and mm-hmm. you really have to like kind of work hard to get that from plant based sources so yeah. what are your thoughts about this and i'm not very knowledgeable myself on this yeah. so i want to know yeah so personally i wasn't a huge nutrition aficionado before turning vegan like i had i had no clue what went into my food i was just like oh it's tasty it's cool but um yeah so this is a question i get asked a lot especially by my parents who associate every injury i have with the fact that i turned vegan which i do not understand <laughs> they're just like yeah you have brittle bones like it makes sense you're not getting your protein it makes complete sense but yeah this is something that you get asked a lot and um, the answer that i've seen a lot of vegans give is that we get proteins from the same source that your food gets proteins from which is from grains and pulses and beans and uh, you know all kinds of vegetables but uh, taking that into account like there are some uh, sources for instance vitamin b12 is something that you only get from animal sources but um for that there's always like supplements which um to be honest i feel like everyone should take not just vegans because there's only so much um bioavailability of the nutrients in your food like you could ingest them but how much is absorbed by your body is also very limited because of the form in which you're taking it so that's where supplements kick in they give it to you in the exact um, you know quantity you need and there's a specified required daily amount of protein that you need to consume there's no point in upping your protein beyond a certain limit your body is not going to absorb it So I feel like personally right. I need my daily quota. So now I'm someone who do keep in uh, to account how much protein I'm taking. So I know for a fact that with the sum total of all the beans, legumes, cereals, vegetables that I have, that I am meeting my protein quota and quite easily. Like it's not like I just like go about just you know chugging a bunch of bean juice or something. That's not how it works. Uh, it's quite easy to meet it. And for anything that I feel I lack, 
um personally i do take supplements so i am someone who has been anemic ever since i was a kid god knows why i ate all kinds of food but ever since going vegan so that, that's something i wanted to do from a scientific standpoint cuz uh, i'm an engineer at heart so just before i turned vegan i had taken a blood test just to you know get my vitals in check i wanted to know if there's actually a difference you know like i because i thought it was a phase i wanted to know if i'm actually going to stick to it so i actually took uh, another blood test recently and the only significant change that i saw is in my iron levels for the first time in my life i'm not anemic which is crazy for me because it yeah i know probably because i'm eating a lot more greens but in any case i feel like i'm doing much better than i was earlier nutritionally and it's not a huge effort but also like with as with any diet even if it's an uh, a non vegetarian diet a vegetarian diet a vegan diet it a diet is just the name right it always comes down to the food you eat like i can be a vegan and uh, like shanti said like in the initial stages he, i could just live on bread and chips uh, but if you do that you're not going to be you know nutritionally sound as you would same with a non vegetarian diet if you're just going to have that meat and not you know have vegetables or like you know lean cuts of meat then you're probably going to be unhealthy so it all comes down to the kind of food you have so you can't really generalize in fact i would not call the a vegan diet a healthy diet unless you're like specifically targeting health as one of your choices like the reason for you turning vegan because otherwise it could just be a lifestyle change a choice an ethical and an environmental standpoint that you're taking so yeah hmm. and another thing i get uh, i hear a lot is that uh, humans are omnivores and we mm-hmm. have to eat meat to survive it's what we are uh uh and life can not exist without suffering man this is it's the circle of life you know so change the food chain yeah yeah the food chain yeah but if you actually look at it we so the reason we historically so actually looked into this so historically the reason meat and milk became popular is because they were they are extremely nutritionally dense foods mm-hmm. which can which could sustain people who weren't in from uh, from well off backgrounds especially mm-hmm. the industrial age right like mm-hmm. this is before this is like uh 3000 years ago it's like when you first see civilizations and you are they, they had to figure out how to organize themselves to create a sustainable community uh, so that's when nutritionally dense and also um, uh, you know so it did help with our evolution but then at this at this stage yeah in our uh, progress uh, as a species i do i don't i think we can move past that because yeah. obesity is actually a much higher problem today than uh, hunger you know yeah. uh, looking at the numbers mm-hmm. so that's that, uh, and also uh, the, uh, there's an argument that biologically we are omnivores it's just not true we are much closer <laughs> to herbivores the yeah. the shape of our teeth the, the ph of our mouths the length of our intestine uh, the gut bacteria that we have the our ability to digest uh, plant based uh, sources much more efficiently than uh, traditional omnivores and carnivores so there are all these misconceptions but i do but so and also there's this other spectrum right where you have joe rogan who's like staunchly anti vegan and pro meat and all that <laughs> uh, so i mean so okay i i, I just want to know from you so how do you uh, navigate people um, talking down to you about you being a vegan yeah. um like how do you hold your ground um those are situations This is actually very relevant to me uh, because anyone who knows me knows that I 
um, hate confrontation. I am a pacifist. I will just like tell you, I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know what? I'll just, I don't have a viewpoint. That's the kind of person I was. And I think a lot of that came from ignorance because I didn't read as much as I used to. Uh, and I simply can't sit quiet now when it comes to veganism and the kind of lifestyle choices I've made now because of the amount of reading I've done. So, um, so I think personally in my in my close friend circles, at least people have been very supportive because uh, everyone kind of gives you that sort of respect in the sense that okay, it's something that we've thought about but we haven't done yet. But yes, I I meet the resistance like almost always when I go out. Like I have to justify myself every time I order something. I have to tell them why, what, even if I don't mention that I'm a vegan, it just comes up. Like why are you asking the waiter this? It just you just have to explain your stance, which I don't see non-vegetarians having to do. Right? Like I'm not questioning what's on your plate. I'm not I'm not shoving it down your throat. If you ask for my opinion, I will give it to you. But otherwise, I won't. So something interesting that I read recently is the is that the amount of loathing and hate that the word vegan generates is only close to the word oh, yeah. drug addict would generate. And uh, the wow. fun thing, yeah, the fun thing about that was that while we look down on people who have a lower moral standpoint than us, we also kind of resist people who are supposedly at a higher moral standing than you. So what I read is that sometimes mm. you tend to fear judgment, and that's what comes across as hate. Like the person across the table who is questioning you might also be someone who's really trying to adopt a more vegan or a vegetarian diet, and is simply resisting it because that's all they've known, right? So I always see it as that. Like if someone is questioning me, I think of it as someone looking for information, looking for knowledge, and I'm more than happy to provide that. And I will state facts as fact. If someone asks me, "Do you miss meat?" Yes, I do. I do miss meat from time to time. I'm just like, oh shit, you know, my comfort food was chicken biryani. What do I do now? But then, like, I work across it. Like, mm. I, I read more. I'm, I'm very quick to admit where my shortcomings and where I struggle. Because I'm always mm. seeing the person across from me as someone trying to understand more about me than challenge me. Um, I also read that sometimes we tend to judge people um, who have the same moral standpoint as us, but is uh, going the extra mile to stick to it a little harsher than people who might not even have the same moral standpoint. So you're scared. You're scared that mm. is not enough. And that you're being judged, and that's a kind of environment I never want to put my friends or people that I'm with through. Um, like I'm uh, surrounded mm -hmm. by people who are, um, you know, very into non-vegetarian food. In fact, that's some of the things that attracted me to those people in the first place. Like when you make your tribe or whatever, you kind of surround it around food and what you do when you go outside. You you have friends who drink alcohol because it's just a fun thing to do together. So I don't want to suddenly just be like, you know what, I'm going to make this environment hostile for you just because I made a choice. Uh, so and they're all like very opinionated people as well. I think Shantanu would know, like all my friends are, you know, quite outspoken. So they will question me, mm -hmm. question me, challenge me, but that's great for me. Like I will sometimes I, they will ask me for like hard facts and numbers, which I don't have off the top of my head. And I'd be like, you know what, let me get back to you on that. I'm going to go back, read up. Maybe I'm wrong on this. You never know. So yeah, that's yeah. how. And there's a lot of arguments that keep coming up, right? Like, oh, what about plant massacre? Like, don't they have feelings too? 
like I know like there are things that are gonna come up, so I kind of know the answers to that in off the top of my head, which kind of helps. Like I've kind of shortened it, made it as short as possible, so I can just you know yeah. get into the next thing. So that's so what, yeah, yeah, I swear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's how it is uh, right now for yeah. me. Yeah, you know, uh, while you were talking, what I realized was uh, I'm also someone who's really like who wants to go vegan, but is I, I keep relapsing. I keep going back to yeah, my eggs because I'm, yeah, yeah, I so, have kind of yeah. cut out meat. I have it very, very Stop. rarely, and uh, yeah, yeah. One of the social situations, I think. Uh, so all my friends are like hardcore non-vegetarians, and mm-hmm. you know, when there's a chicken nugget in front of you, I just <laughs> Feel like having one or two. It's smell. It's smell. I tell you. <laughs> yes, yes, and the <laughs> fact that you know you're so conditioned, and yeah. just uh, yeah. just as you were saying, right? I think it takes a lot of um, unlearning of the ways mm-hmm. we cook food, of the ways mm-hmm. we make food, and the things we think about when we think of a meal, right? So for me, for example. Uh, my i have been having like omelet and bread as a staple breakfast since forever like mm. i used to have that every day for breakfast uh, my mom used to make that for me i grew up i started making that for myself because it's the easiest yeah. simplest yeah. thing to make and it's it's so quick right and you get your nutrients yeah. so quickly so i think a lot of it has to do with unlearning all these things that you have yeah. learned growing up about yeah. food and yeah. really really making that effort to really start out slowly and okay if i'm making this uh for bre- breakfast every day is there something else that can interest me and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a substitute for egg it can be something that gives me protein in some way right mm-hmm. so taking that effort to really learn a new recipe is i think mm-hmm. what i would want to do what i would want yeah. to work towards so yeah. yeah that's something i wanted to share Yeah. yeah which is great you know like at the end of the day it's um like when you're thinking about food as much as we want to think about the nutrition standpoint it's all about satisfaction satisfaction and satisfying your soul so if you can somehow you know think of breakfast in any other way other than your omelet and bread then i hope you discover that thing because you shouldn't need you didn't you didn't have to you know settle for anything else i feel like at least from your satisfaction point of view so yeah So what's your breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> uh so I don't usually have breakfast which is kind of weird. I don't know why that happened. I used to be a huge breakfast food person. But other than that, like if I do have breakfast then it will be dosa, idli. I'm South Indian, so it'll be like, you know, home food. I'm used to having that for breakfast, so that's usually what I have. And if it's bread, you know, Shanti, you know what it is. It's bread and peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you've been doing some stuff about uh, plant-based meat, right? Mm-hmm. So I I know nothing about plant-based meat and the whole mm-hmm. movement about it. So tell us about what you think. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah. So when yeah. I like switched uh, to the plant-based diet, like I wasn't actively looking out for replacements. Um, I was just trying to make do with whatever was prepared at home, which was predominantly vegan. I'm also from Kerala, which helps because we use coconut milk for everything instead of normal milk. So that also helps me a lot. 
so i wasn't really looking for anything but also i knew that i couldn't simply uh, you know go to my hardcore non vegetarian friends and tell them why don't you have the you know mac aloo patty and satisfy your craving you can't do that you can't tell them that and expect them to just be like sure i'll change so i knew that there was a problem that needs to be solved it was quite intriguing and i knew that there's a personal stake in it for me as well so while i do lack the kind of food science or food tech background i started kind of experimenting in the kitchen trying to you know follow these recipes for mock chicken using jackfruit or you know whatever you know ingredients that's being used these days so i tried a lot but there's there's a certain like uh, level of scale that you can achieve with just your kitchen and cooking for yourself and your family and um that's where i kind of found my limitation uh in the kind of resources i had so a senior that i've spoken to before about my you know plant based food and how how i want to do something in that space he heard about a challenge uh, organized by the good food institute which is a non profit which deals in the plant protein and smart protein space so he uh, put me in touch with this particular challenge and asked me to register this was close to like 5 6 months back around july so i registered for the challenge um it was mostly uh, a lot of food tech and food science professionals but also they were welcome welcoming of people of all walks of life so i started so the first round was kind of just learning about plant protein it was just reading up about you know doing doing a lot of research reading a lot of research papers literature surveys and just there were quizzes based on the same so it was like a like an online course if you will on just everything plant protein and you know plant based food so that gave me a good base uh going forward we had to come up with a product uh which would you know target the plant based food space and uh i had a team of two other people uh one of them being a food science major and uh, another being a nutritionist so together we kind of formulated a product uh, which is a plant based meat substitute called any meat so what what it mimics is it's a plant based can you say that again how do you spell it a n y a n y a n y yeah i'll get to why it's called any meat any meat oh any meat yeah yeah any meat yeah. so it's it's actually in the form of a plant based crumble that you can kind of reconstitute to mimic different cuts of meat like you can make it into a curry chunk a sausage a patty yeah so that's the main idea behind it and it's made using very um, indigenous underutilized ingredients like millets um so it's very easy to access mm. in the indian context and we're trying to keep it as minimally processed as possible because that's something that the plant based industry gets a lot of flack for they say that you know uh, all the alternatives might mimic but at the cost of it being you know severely processed and having a huge salt content which is not desirable so we're trying to keep our ingredients quite crude while giving the option of you know taste that mimics that of chicken so we're still in the formulation stage and um, the challenge is actually kind of over right now i made it to the finals but more than that i feel like it kind of put me in touch with the correct set of people resources and just may help me form that kind of network you know like e- even in the plant based community i think what helps you um be steadfast in your resolve is the community that surrounds you that supports you that tells you that your you know your choices are valid so yeah that's what i've been working on so far so um i hope you know it it amounts to something that you guys can actually taste soon but yeah we're still in the ideation formulation kind of stage about it so 
So what is the industry like today? I have like I have no idea because I I, I keep hearing stuff in US and UK about a, a lot of startups doing this, but I, I'm not sure. So at what stage are they? At what stage of acceptance do, do you think they're at? And what is it like in India? What's the scene like in India right now? So I feel like India is a like it's a very good potential market for such products, seeing as we are we are set to be one of the most populous countries. uh by 2050 the world population is supposed to reach 10 billion one sixth of whom would be indian so we need to th- start thinking about how we are going to feed our growing population in a sustainable manner because we simply don't have the land the water the resources to do so at the moment so that's something that um young professionals in every field need to start thinking about the system of food so keeping that in mind organizations like the good food institute have been trying to you know kind of form that community and start talking at least start a conversation around the same uh and when it comes to startups i am aware of a lot of startups that are in the r and d stage and there are some which are already established i'm pretty sure shanti you must have tried some of the products i am not sure there's some there's a live sorry i'm sorry i have that plant based meat i've tried uh, uh i've tried cheese yes. and butter and stuff but yeah, not plant based meat yeah so plant based meat i think uh there's uh, a a uh, company by the name of good dot which uh, which does a lot of soy based products and india is a country which has always used soy ch- soy chunks in their food like i know it's not a complete replacement but like an elevated soy chunk would be a plant based meat alternative because it kind of replicates the texture uh, if you could find that kind of taste profile which mimics that of meat then i think we're kind of there um and there are a lot of other startups that's coming up uh, even in the plant based seafood uh, industry which i feel is brilliant because that's something that i have not found a replacement at all to so there's a lot of companies working on tuna and like you know uh, typically indian varieties of fish um there's also a lot of plant based dairy like uh, seeing as we're all in bangalore right now you might know about good milk which is which has a really good plant based oat milk um they have ghee uh, i'm not sure they ghee they have butter they have curd so there's there's a lot uh, there's a mm. huge potential when it comes to uh, you know starting things like this in india because it's one of the largest economies and um at least when it comes to the us and the west in general it's much more accepted like not just as um in, in, from the ethical or environmental standpoint it's almost reached a sort of celebrity status like people would walk into a starbucks and order uh, an almond milk frappe just because it's you know it's the new thing so i don't think we have reached that kind of status in india but with the kind of influence of marketing and you know celebrities going vegan i think we could reach that kind of status because we are very influenceable in terms of the kind of worship that we do of our celebrities so that's something that we could harness to bring about a positive change So yeah the landscape is looking really good and I hope that we get to you know try out these products as soon as possible. All right. All right. So okay cool. So now uh, now what I want to do is I want to mm-hmm. give you a bunch of weekend myths in like rapid fire succession <laughs> and you need to give me you need to debunk the vegan myths. Oh no. As uh, succinctly as you can. So it is like a uh, my training at least to like uh, stand up against non-vegans when the pandemic is over. I so, hope I help yeah, you out. Yeah, that's the point of this podcast. Yeah. I hope I help you out. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm just gonna direct you to the yeah. nearest Google search and just gonna like just just search that, guys. 
I think uh, we so, have broken some of the myths already, but yeah, please go yeah. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Myth number one: You can't be vegan and uh, be a bodybuilder. Oh, oh my God! Please go watch Game Changers. So, at least for me, like I was recovering from an injury injury when I turned vegan. and the person in the uh, documentary was coming uh, out of her injury as well and he interviews everyone from olympians to you know just amazing bodybuilders who are surviving just on plant protein and it's incredible uh, trust me that is not even a myth to consider because just one google search will prove you otherwise there's so many ways to uh, get your required daily amount of protein and i again like stress on the fact that it's a required daily amount you don't need to just dose like dose on protein because there's only so much your body can take so uh, trust me that's not even a myth so <laughs> all right the next one is kind of a double whammy uh it's like a two part myth myth number one is soy milk is the only alternative to animal milk and you can't have that because soy protein leads to rising estrogen levels ha okay fine so personally um i am someone who is not just trying to be vegan but is also trying to see how sustainable the products that i i am having is and soy is not necessarily very sustainable to be very honest like a lot of deforestation is a result of soy uh, the industry of soy so i kind of stay away from soy milk also because of the fact that personally i don't feel soy milk tastes as good as almond milk or oat milk or cashew milk so which is which is all the different variations that you can have and i believe rice milk is also in something that you can mm, have these days yeah. so these are all things and these are not things that you have to buy you can literally take a handful of almond soak it in water blend it and just use a cheesecloth that you use for paneer and make your own almond milk which is what i do most of the time when i'm home so um what, what was the other part okay the okay the estrogen so that's something that I, yeah that's something that i can't comment on because i'm not a nutrition professional but i have heard it's been linked to increased levels of estrogens and hence you know kind of uh, potentially linked to cancer so um i'd suggest you do your own research on that and talk to your you know um, healthcare professional because i'm not very sure on that but you have other options trust me you don't your mind doesn't have to go to soy every time you think of an alternative so yeah Although it is the most popular one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is less environmentally sustainable to grow soy because of all the uh, land that's used and uh, animal-based products are much more economical. Uh, so I think I addressed that, but also it will never be uh, worse for the planet than dairy. Trust me on that. Like the numbers are staggering. You don't even have to think about it. You can Google it if you want to know exactly how much. and uh, like i mentioned if you really want to think about sustainability alone when turning into ve- uh, into a vegan diet think about every produce you have i've heard that sometimes um, like imported fruits and vegetables can be less sustainable for you than meat because of uh, you know try to eat more local try to have more locally sourced products because if you look at the carbon footprint in its entirety uh when you think of soy milk in its in just its production it might be marginally less than dairy but if you're in a location that is not uh somewhere that soy is produced just the air travel and you know just the transportation cost can add up so if you really want to get into the nitty gritty i suggest there are there are several carbon footprint calculators on on the internet 
you can simply put in your location and what you want to consume and how much of it you consume every week and you'll know exactly how much your carbon footprint is so yeah all right next myth um yeah okay uh vegans care only about animals and not human beings oh ouch <laughs> why would you say that interesting okay so uh, <laughs> apparently it's a thing yeah oh interesting okay so personally i wouldn't call, so i i'm i'm in such a gray area with this because i wouldn't personally call myself an animal lover like i haven't grown up around pets and um i don't have that kind of emotional attachment that a lot of people do like i used to call myself an animal lover till i met people who are way more devoted to the care of animals and i just feel, didn't feel comfortable calling myself one which is why i'm more of an environmental vegan but i think on a personal front isn't everyone just against suffering and just you know unethical practices like the more you read the more you see you know those cookie cutter images that you get of farm animals on a farm like all those cartoons of you know uh, cows smiling that, that really isn't the situation like you can you can do that for kids to make them okay with the you know whole drinking milk situation i guess but as adults do your own research you will realize the amount of suffering and pain that you're putting another living being through even if you're sourcing your uh, i get this a lot i say people say i'm sourcing my uh, meat humanely you know i'm free range hens or whatever okay so what is a humane way of killing another human being uh, another being so if you told me that you know you i i am going to kill you for your meat but in a humane way i'd still have a problem with it so i've never understood that standpoint that people take um and as a um predominantly environmental vegan trust me this is for the planet this is going to affect you me generations to come so vegans do care about people and you can you can tell yourself that you have not seen your children you have not seen your grandchildren and hence that is not a concept for you you don't really care about their well-being but the the horrific future that you see uh, if we continue the way that we are right now is much closer than you think it is and yeah so yeah we do care about humans <laughs> yeah for those who are wondering about more details about the ethical considerations i watched the documentary dominion mm. which is directed by Joaquin Phoenix and mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of other people extremely well made up mm-hmm. with hidden cameras in australia mm-hmm. and it's just that um, humane meat and animal products is just not sustainable in a capitalistic uh, economy yeah um it's it's it, it just doesn't make sense if you're going to feed billions of people right so you yeah. have to resort to putting them in tiny spaces bad conditions yeah pumping them full of hormones and all that yeah. it's it's the side which they don't want to see they, uh, they don't want to show you yeah right? uh so i would advise people to check out the documentary called dominion it's really good um even if you don't want to transition or, or if you're just curious about to, uh, how it works uh, you can do that Even I was just saying that lag, yeah. if you want to like uh, consider watching anything else, do consider Cowspiracy as well. Um, not as someone, you know, trying to transition into a vegan diet, just as someone who wants to be in the know and who doesn't want to be fed lies. So just do your own research is all I say. Don't take anything for granted from a vegan or non-vegan. Just do your own research. 
So yeah. All right. So the the next one we kind of touched upon, but uh, okay, uh, we just need like a short answer. Mm-hmm. Vegans do not have friends because it destroys relationships between with friends and family. So. It could. <laughs> it could if you are trying to shove your ideals down someone's throat, but that like that applies to everything. Like you try to shove your ideals down anyone's throat about any stance that you're making, then I think you will lose out on friends and relationships. So um, it doesn't have to be that way. Just um, it, yeah. <laughs> so if you're trying to educate your friends, so be it. Go ahead. but make sure you allow them to educate you as well like you are receptive to their ideas as well uh don't just uh just blast ideas into their head okay you're excited about it you made a lifestyle change i get it you're great amazing but just just respect the other person it's all about respect it's a give and take so yeah yeah right, next one vegan food is way too high in carbohydrates okay um <laughs> again it don't call it vegan food say that your you know french fries is high in yeah. I, i don't know like if, if you're someone who does yeah, okay. yeah if, <laughs> if you're someone who just goes to mcdonald's this is ridiculous friends, yeah i know i know but like if you're not going to take the effort of trying and finding nutritious vegan food then i don't know you might be surviving on french fries and that's that's a generalization so yeah no wrong <laughs> Okay, so a uh, few misconceptions mm-hmm. uh, is okay. If you're vegan, you're automatically healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not true. But I buy. Yeah. I vouch so, for it personally. Nope, 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 nope. You needn't be healthy. Uh, so if you want to be healthy, it's great. It's a great standing point. Like you can just you know start thinking more about what you're eating. It's a and I I, I feel like there are a lot of research that proves that um, it's linked to uh, lesser heart disease, uh, diabetes. uh in fact there are some research that proves that it reverses diabetes i'm not sure i'm not a healthcare professional so i'm not sure how much it's true but it's a great place to start but not necessarily true like the amount of activity you have in your life is also a huge factor so i don't think it's true and another one i've come across a lot is vegans are always weak or tired all the time oh, oh no i think that's got a lot to do with like a you know personal stress factors i guess like <laughs> i don't know what vegan these you know whoever wrote the article or whatever has come across i'm really sorry maybe maybe you need to like talk to them what's going on with your life like, you know are you okay do you do we need yeah. to like you know, have a check with you <laughs> but that isn't the case trust me on that yeah neha here is a psychologist yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I I completely agree. In fact, uh, so I'm someone who has always been a little overweight, uh, underweight. So I have, I thought that you know maybe if I go vegan, it would further like you know reduce my weight or something. But I don't think that has happened at all since I shifted to like a vegetarian diet, mm-hmm. and it's literally not affected me in any way at all, like my health. Yeah. So yeah, it's literally the so- same. <laughs> Yeah, and that's because I not, do me to have everything and not just french fries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. for a long time, uh, my grandmother didn't quite understand what I'm doing. She thought I'm doing one of my diets, which I have done that a lot in my, in the past. So she thought I'm on a diet. So after like some five six months, she comes to me and she's like, "Devika, I don't think it's working. Like maybe you should change it up." And I'm like, "Um." <laughs> 
because you know like grandparents are just so much and I'm like nope that's not what I would think yeah. yeah dude yeah so yeah trust me uh, there is um, no guarantee that you will lose weight as attested by my grandmother <laughs> so yeah as well me as well yeah all right and and the final one the thing about calcium vegans do not get calcium mm or what are the alternatives that you use okay um so there are so if you look into the actual nutrition of it you sh- you would want to include more nuts and seeds in your diet uh, i'm told that chia seeds flax seeds all of that is like you know um, a good nutritional alternative you can also look into um you know uh, supplements i don't think there's anything wrong with it but again you know consult your healthcare professional um apart from that Yeah that's about it like if you feel like you are lacking in some way you after like transitioning into a vegan diet you're feeling less if you're feeling tired or anything of that sort just check in with uh, your doctor because it might be a personal thing uh, but generally speaking i don't think there's uh, anything that's proven saying that you will have you know deteriorate deteriorating health or anything of that sort so yeah it's a very personal thing So a couple of things I also wanted to touch on uh, mm-hmm. is the um, so when you cite studies mm-hmm. uh, either supporting or against plant-based diets, mm-hmm. the thing I've seen because you can easily produce studies for both sides. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen a lot of people citing that if you diets are uh, vegan, the vegans are prone to Alzheimer's because mm-hmm. of B twelve deficiency, mm-hmm. uh, etc. It's just that a lot of these studies there are a, a few things, right? So there, mm-hmm. so these are multivariate. Um, things which affect each individual differently mm-hmm. so when you do studies you do mm-hmm. not consider other variables like are these yeah. smokers are they drinkers do they yeah. exercise yeah. are they eating normal vegan diet so citing studies on both sides you need to be really careful yeah um and at the end of the day it's just a lifestyle it's not mm-hmm. good it's not bad it's just a different lifestyle mm-hmm. and uh, like any diet under the under the sun you have to make sure that you get all the nutrients regardless mm-hmm. of what you're eating Yeah. There's no magic food yeah. as of 2020. Yeah. Um right? Yeah. Uh yeah. with with respect to that what I wanted to say. Yeah. yeah, with respect to that like I feel like you should always examine your sources because a lot of the information that you receive like free, freely on the internet is a result of one lobby or the other. So which is very unfortunate but which is also the harsh reality. so try to examine your sources see where it's from like um even even like myths like vegans are healthier i think it comes from the fact that probably the people who were surveyed um are people like when when you're more aware of what you eat you tend to make healthier choices which in result shows that you might be healthier overall so um like a lot of studies can be skewed so again just examine your sources see what works for you and you know what like you don't have to quit cold turkey overnight you don't really have to do that you can try you know incorporating more plant based foods in your diet and see how you feel you know there's it's not poison so you can just you know slowly try phasing into it or phasing out of it as and when you feel there's no uh, correct way of doing it like i i know that personally i am not a perfect human being either like uh, shanti was just telling me that he has switched out leather which is something i haven't done so there's a lot of different variations to the term vegan which is why i somehow like always try to not use that term i usually say i follow a plant based diet because that's something i do in its entirety 
and i know vegan has so many different connotations which i probably don't follow so at every point of time there's always a question of feeling inadequate right like you label yourself and then you think oh shit am i imposter am i actually doing this right so that's something that i struggle with personally as well so pick your own battles think of what why you're doing it what exactly you want to achieve out of this and pick those few things that you can achieve A- again it's about sustainability and what is that about like something you can sustain right so just pick whatever you can do and do it for as long as it suits you no one should have a right over your life sentences so yeah. yeah a lot of people i've heard this a lot like people yeah. people calling it a cult because of the way some people behave yeah it's we would be yeah. way more richer if it were a cult uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so anyway, so yeah neha you were saying yeah. something um no i was just thinking along the same lines of what uh, both of you have shared and i think veganism has so many dimensions to it right food is just mm-hmm. one of those dimensions mm-hmm. your clothing your makeup your furniture in the house so there are so many things there's literally like everything around you that mm-hmm. can use animal products that can use mm-hmm. plant based products so mm-hmm. i mean it's really about learning more and just if you have that privilege especially yeah you have the power to make a choice and i think that really really matters a lot so mm-hmm. if you are someone who is privileged if you have the have that ability to make that choice then mm-hmm. maybe you can start off with it That's all I had to say. Yeah. All right. So in closing, uh, Devika, so um, give us some resources which we can also link with the podcast about uh, certain uh, uh, maybe uh, resources for nutrition and also the ethical and environmental considerations. So, um, you know, talk resources for these things and also alternatives, plant-based alternatives. Okay. That people can um, So... Yeah so um if you are just coming to alternatives first um so if you are thinking of switching out dairy there's always um oat milk so i have found that um it's also how much you can spend on it right so at right now uh because most of these products are just you know gaining traction it's not um very uh, easy to attain price parity with uh, legacy milk or traditional milk so it will have a premium and uh the premium that you pay is basically helping out the environment or being more eth- ethical right so um in terms of the premium soy milk would be the the most inexpensive compared to all the other uh, alternatives but i think that oat milk and uh, the cashew oat milk offered by gold milk is also like equally cheap so you could try that and if you want to try like more elevated versions you can try different kinds of almond milk by so good and urban platter and i think even borges has come out with a rice milk which i haven't tried personally yet so i'm very intrigued by that so if you have dispensable income otherwise i you can make your own trust me you can make your own it's as simple as that so that's what when it comes down to uh, dairy uh, if you want to try out uh, paneer variations there's always tofu and it's significantly cheap like it's so cheap it's 35 bucks a packet it is very easy to cook as well so do try that Um, and there's so many like variety. Yeah, like vegan firm and extra firm and yeah, there's silken, there's so many. Yeah, play around with it, have fun with it. 
then uh, if you're thinking of meat i would personally say like you know as of now um, while there are some products in the market like good dot and if you're in mumbai there's a lot of other products i think uh, blue tribe foods have introduced a chicken nugget which i really want to try but i'm not in mumbai so um, if you're in these like you know prime taiwan cities then you'll probably be able to try more stuff but otherwise you know what just google some recipes there are a lot of so personally i make uh, this jackfruit version of chicken which is really good um and very very inexpensive so that's something you could try just you know search for some recipes that you can try out what else I, i'm trying to think what else i switch out for other things but honestly i like personally have dal chawal like three times a day so that's just me <laughs> so i don't know what to say so like these are like my you know ooh bougie elevated meals that i have from time to time so yeah you fancy as a weekend Yeah. yeah, you can. You really can. So yeah. you can use words like you know, just replace the milk with almond milk. It's really cool to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what we do. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's basically why we do it, right? Yeah. Chantu is just 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 bragging, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, so resources about nutrition, huh. ethics, and environmental stuff. Okay, so the ethics. I think Peter's website does a really good job of. Uh, in fact, they do touch upon the environmental aspect quite a bit as well. They talk about sustainability quite a lot. They talk about the, uh, you know, the percentage of the population that is suffering from water scarcity and how we still pour so much water into animal agriculture. So I think Peter's a really good resource. And there's also FAO. You can go to their site. UN also does a lot of good work. I'm just, I'm just quoting like off the top of my head things that are very, you know, trustworthy. but other than that there are a lot of blogs by vegans which i i don't know if it will have an agenda but um i i found them like personally not very judgmental uh, towards people who are just trying out vegan food so you could try accessing some of the blogs and i also follow some of the podcasts um i think there's one called bearded vegans um there's oh i don't remember the name there's some vegan warrior princess something so it's a lot of fun podcast because you know when you talk about veganism it's always very serious like everyone is just like very serious oh my god you know these are the issues it's existential you know this is the biggest threat you're going to face and no one really talks about the fun aspects of it like you know what are the like we just talked about how it's just bragging right yeah. yeah exactly yeah so yeah. um i think you guys could you know kind of look into that aspect as well if you if you want cold hard facts then go to un related websites Um apart from that yeah I I think that's that's it from me ethics ethics, uh, ethics I think I'll say dominion yeah yeah you can uh, you can watch that you can also um I'm not very sure about the ethical standpoint but there there are like if you would just google like um vegan products uh, I think even on websites if you were looking at clothing and um you know uh makeup then even on websites like nika they will specifically mention cruelty free vegan so that's something that you could look out for if you are trying to make better choices for yourself in that respect so yeah overall there's a abundance of resources and it's really not an excuse to remain ignorant i'm not saying there there are like millions of excuses for people not com- com- you know um, you know switching to the diet or making more choices in that respect but do educate yourself because you shouldn't come across ignorant in front of someone else you should know what it's about and why you are making certain choices but uh, at the end of the day it's just you know uh, being in the know so yeah 
I think that's a great way to end this. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Neha, do you have anything else to say? No, I think uh, we can link some of these things onto the description and people can go with them. And I think this was a really, really insightful conversation. Thank you so much, Devika, yeah, for this. Thank you. thank you for having thank you for me, talking. guys. Yeah. 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 Have a good December. You too. Yes. Right. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. See you guys.